everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the Coach Pat Chat. Um, I'm going to give my guest, Allison, uh, two high fives for episode number 10. So that's both hands. Um, Allison Leithwood from Saigon South International School, wellness specialist, innovator, and really excited to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Pat. Thank you so much for inviting me to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into some things with you because I know you've been working on a lot of things through, uh, you've helped me a lot. I remember because I, um, I st obviously I'm a PE teacher and um, I've been trying to learn more with my health units and stuff. And I remember when I was doing nutrition and stuff, you gave me some some uh, nutrition flashcards and stuff like that. So your resources are awesome. Also, all the link, all the resources that Allison and I will discuss and further, I will link in the description of the podcast to the listeners. Um, so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into PE and wellness? Sure. So I've been. I'm from Canada, and I taught in Canada for seven years, physical education and mainly sports medicine. I got into teaching mainly because of my dad. So he was a PE teacher. I grew up in a really small community, so there was the school was kind of the focal point of sort of of life of everything. And I played basketball. He was my coach, and I just really watched him love his career so much and see I saw the impact that he had sort of on kids and the possibilities that there could be there and so I kind of knew I always wanted to be a physical education teacher I was really into health I had a public health nurse as a mom and she really instilled a big value of that in me as well and so with the the two of them I kind of knew that that was the path that I wanted to take and when I went to university I was a elite athlete I played basketball at university got into teaching and got a dream job sort of right out the gate. And then from there, I had always wanted to travel. I'd always, I mean, love to travel. And I wanted to try working overseas. So I dialed up my courage and I got a job here in Vietnam. I was going to come over for two years. And suddenly, fast forward, I'm now in my sixth year working here. Wow. And I have changed my kind of foundation, everything has always been set around health and well-being, but it has expanded so much more since I came here. I, I now uh, am an advisory dean, um, sort of the head of all of our advisory deans at the school. I am a ninth grade specific uh, dean curriculum writer. I created a health curriculum for our school. I am, of course, a basketball coach. I also teach PE. I started a house leagues program here with a small group of teachers. And I've just really wanted to expand and grow and learning more about well-being as I've noticed the need for it among students, of course, but especially also teachers as well. So I'm now also part of a group at the school that is we're a well-being team. And we've been working uh, very closely with the gurus at Geelong Grammar School who have developed positive education. And we're hopeful that we are going to be implementing a solid, vertically aligned well-being program into our school within the next few years. That's so amazing. And I think it's really uh, important that um, listeners and everyone on Twitter and everyone just realizes the importance of wellness but more than more the importance of it understanding what it is and how to implement it so that's that's really a reason i'm really excited you're here because i think you have a lot of expertise in that 
I don't know if I have a lot of expertise yet, but I am definitely working towards learning as much as I possibly can. Right on. Well, in my view, you're someone I look up to in that realm. So um, it's funny that you mentioned uh, your dad was a PE teacher because my dad was a PE teacher as well. And he's actually the reason I got into PE. Um, he, in, in his later years, he became a, a a history teacher because that's one of his passions as well and he played uh, D1 football in college and injuries kind of knees knees were starting to give out but uh, he he's really the reason I got into it and he was always there as a kid that never pushed me into sports or anything but it, it's it's funny that um, we both uh, both our role models for wellness and physical education are our families mm -hmm. I know, I think it, it's, uh, I've noticed in just my career and people that I've met a lot of, that happens quite often, that, you know, your your parents were teachers and you become a teacher, and yeah, I don't know, there's just something, something about it when you can see, like, I remember where it really struck me was when I would see, we would see students that my dad taught, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, they would come back to, like, we have this local thing called May Days and you know everyone loves to come back for it and over the May long weekend in Canada and they would come back and the way they would talk to him about the impact he they had on you know he had on their lives and the values that they learned and you know I just saw like well, that's what I wanted like I want to have that impact right. and so the well-being stuff for me now is just it's like taking that extra step. The physical education, I, I love inspiring kids to be physically active, and I'm really proud of a lot of the initiatives. My my partner teacher, Chris Sylvester, who I know you talked to earlier this yeah. week, around volleyball, you know, the stuff that we've kind of done and been able to develop here at Saigon South, but now just that extra step of, of the well-being. And right now it's so important, even more with the crisis that we're currently in and moving to virtual learning and the impact that's had on kids and the way that's going to change, you know, the students as well as the parent, as the teachers and even parents as well. Like there's just, there's so much more of a need for this well-being initiative and curriculum and to have the students building more resiliency skills from a younger age and having it go all the way through with them. Right, I, I totally agree, and that's such a such an important thing to um, not only think about but try to plan for. Especially as you said, in the situation, not just us, the world is in now. Um, mm -hmm. So, what I'd like to dive into, um, I, I watched it last night, and I, I really loved it. Um, if you could just uh, talk about your TED talk a little bit, and then I'll have some follow up questions or comments on things that really had an impact on me and stuff like that. The TED talk that I did was called All You Need Is One. And my kind of background around it was I wanted to challenge everyone to find sort of this one well-being intervention that they could create in their life as a habit. And to if they did that now, there would be sort of a ripple effect on their future well-being and their, uh, their success. So I read a really great book by Sean Atcher called The Happiness Advantage. And he kind of talks about this relationship between health, or sorry, happiness and success. And that the, we have been taught that if you are successful, then you'll become happy. And that, you know, that 
that kind of dynamic, you know, if you don't actually reach any of the goals that you create for yourself, then you actually don't have the opportunity then to feel, to feel happy. But it's, the relationship actually works the other way around. The happier that you are, the more successful you'll become is what they found within their research. And that really, that message really struck home to me. And so I thought, well, if we know that the happier we are, the more successful we'll, be, we'll become, then we need to start to learn how to bring more happiness into our life. So I provided some examples on different ways that you could become, you could bring a little bit more happiness in. And uh, for me, that was, that has been, for me personally, that has been mindfulness and gratitude. But I also talked about random acts of kindness. And of course, exercise as a physical education specialist, right. we all know that exercise you know, has a ton of positive mental health and physical benefits. So using that one as an example as well. And it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to be able to, to research a little bit more around well-being and then also just kind of share my passion out in the talk. I was very grateful that I got the opportunity and yeah, I'm not sure what else yeah. to say about it. So what I wanted to say was the part, one of the parts that I really liked and, um, Something as simple as just committing to journaling a thought a day, mm-hmm. um, that really struck a chord with me because I think in this day and age, um, and this is a generalization, obviously this isn't, there's no factual evidence behind it, it's just me kind of thinking out loud, but I think there's a lot of focusing on negative things that happen in a day, and mm-hmm. there's not that, and, and, and it can be hard to, with all those things going on, to celebrate the success or the positive thing that happened that day, even if it's uh, not a not a big deal. So I liked your your uh, suggestion of getting a journal and write down one positive or successful thing that happened that day, and I think that could really change the dynamic of how we think about what's going on in our lives. And maybe you're you're, you're never going to put away all your negative thoughts, but I think it helps you put it in perspective and uh, how you can manage it. So I, I, I really enjoyed that part of the TED Talk. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, like for me, for me personally, and something that I did share in the TED Talk is that I had been in a very serious motorcycle accident. Right. I was actually robbed well on my scooter. Well, my purse was pulled off of me, which caused me to have an accident, dislocated shoulder, lots of road rash. And through that experience, I went to a pretty, you know, a pretty dark place and it was very, very difficult to come through. And what I ended up finding was mindfulness and gratitude. And I created these two things as a habit and I took a mindfulness course and it sort of spiraled and it became this, you know, it became this, this thing that helped me to stop focusing on negative, that helped me be able to get back on my motorbike and not be, and not be scared and, and it, I, what I liked in the TED Talk is to really bring it home that like you don't need to have a trauma to make a change in your life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes trauma does make you sort of wake up to see that you, you need some interventions and you need some help. But what I really researched into around gratitude, and the same with journaling around a positive experience, but there's research out there on gratitude that if you actually commit to making a gratitude practice and you do it for 30 days, you can actually shift within your brain, how you scan the world. And instead of scanning for negatives, which most of us often do, you can flip your thinking to scan more on the positives. And I've 
noticed that completely. I am so much more grateful. I am verbally more grateful to my students, to my family, friends. And I, when I look at the world, I do say things in a lot more of a positive light than I used to. And, and it's very powerful. And it's so simple. Like with journaling or gratitude journal, I have a journal right beside my bed. And, you know, it's with when we build habits, you just need to make sure that when you build a habit, you know, you have your cue. So for me, when I go to bed, I brush my teeth, I get into bed and I pick up my gratitude journal. That's my cue. I do that every night and I remember to do it. And then I go through the routine. That's the next step when you are developing a habit and you go through your routine. So I write down three things that I'm grateful for in a day. And most days I'm up to four five, six, sometimes even seven things that I am grateful for in the day. And they can be so simple down to the cup of tea that I had all the way up to, you know, some incredible encounter I had or a FaceTime, maybe conversation I got to have with a family member or a friend back home. And after that, you know, you receive a reward. So that's kind of what finishes sort of your habit loop is I feel more positive. And if you go to bed thinking about the things you're grateful for or going through a positive experience in your day, it will actually help you to have a more sound sleep. And that has definitely helped me out as, as well. I, I was not sleeping very well after I had the accident. And this completely shifted my thinking before bed. So I do, I definitely say that, and then right now, especially finding some really new routines that can help you kind of mentally sort of cope with the stress and the anxiety and stuff that's going on right now within your life in general, or now, especially around sort of the current crisis within the world. And to do that, you know, find your cue, find your, your routine that you're going to set, then you need to just know that you're going to get a reward from that. And if you commit to 30 days, it will become a habit and you will start to see the benefits of it. Right. And I, and I think that the point you just made is so important um, right now, not only with students, but with teachers. Um, I've actually been writing a bit um, on the website and stuff, not, not as in depth and scientific because um, you got that, um, locked down but basically what i've been talking about is just uh the importance of creating a routine you're in an environment that you've never encountered before and um a lot of people so like at the beginning i didn't create a solid foundation of a routine because i think you and i both know we're both in vietnam we we experienced this right from tet so pretty much near the beginning of all of this um, and we and and we really had no idea how long it was going to last. So, I mean, we, we were hearing we were going to go back in a week, we we're going to go back in two weeks, and um, so I was kind of like, okay, it's an extended vacation um, with work. Um, you're doing the online learning and stuff, and we were still testing out the different ways to do online learning. So I didn't develop a routine, and then week went by, week went by, week went by, week, and I was like, okay. I need to get myself together because th this is going to be a long time. And if I don't create a routine, A, my mental, physical, and social and emotional is going to go down. And B, I I I'm just going to kind of lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that really links into some a resource you shared with me, which I actually would like to learn more about. And I, I will dive into it on my own and maybe talk to you on my own time, but could you kind of just dive into the concept of positive education? Yeah, 
positive education so is based off of the research around positive psychology. So positive psychology became sort of jumped on the scene from Martin Seligman, and it was looking at, I mean, most of the research around psychology, sort of what we've been looking at is kind of around on the negative, you know, people that are having these sort of negative emotions and then trying to get them up to a place where they're just coping. And positive psychology takes it, you know, on the other side of it and on the spectrum of how you can actually get people who are already coping and managing well to get to this place of flourishing. And so through all of Martin Seligman's research, Geelong Grammar School, which is in Australia, sort of developed what is positive education. And Martin Seligman came up with a acronym. It's called PERMA. Mm -hmm. And PERMA is around positive, uh, positive emotions, positive engagement, positive accomplishment, positive purpose, and positive relationships. I know I just did that wrong. That didn't spell PERMA. But within that, um, positive education took that model for positive psychology, and then they also added health. So they've created essentially a well-being framework that their school has been working with for um, quite a while, actually, and they have um, developed an incredible curriculum that they implement and phase in that develops around this idea of flourishing, that that is their goal for every community member within their school. So it's not just students, it's their whole entire faculty. It is the parents. And what they hope for everyone is that when they leave, they'll be able to live this very purposeful life where they'll have the opportunity to thrive and the opportunity to flourish. And it is based around uh, character strengths. So learning about your character strengths, what your, your strengths are and how you can use those strengths to get you further down this road into this place of having a lot of happiness, success, joy, um, and accomplishments uh, within your life. And so their framework and how they have developed it um, runs around that you need to learn it, live it, teach it, and embed it. So here currently at uh, Saigon South International School, we are in still sort of the learning it, live it phase. So it's very important when you're talking about a well-being curriculum to make sure that there is, of course, buy-in and not like, I don't know how to say if it's really just buy-in, but you need people to kind of understand and to see the benefits of it for themselves first. So we've been working very closely with our teachers and looking first at our teachers well-being, learning about the research behind positive psychology, behind positive education, and then trying to develop opportunities for our teachers to explore their own well-being and try and, and build their own positive emotions and relationships, engagement, purpose, health, all of those types of components of it. And once your teachers understand it and have see the benefits of it, then you start to bring it into your classroom where you start to teach it explicitly to your students. And then it becomes just embedded in everything that you do and all of your policies at the school in, in every type of meeting, every type of interaction that you're having, you're able to use the vocabulary and terminology around character strengths and, and really see 
yeah, just really see the benefits of it. So we we have a wellness committee at our school. We've had uh, some incredible facilitators from the Positive Education Institute that is at Geelong Grammar School in Australia come to our campus and run professional development with our teachers. Wow. So there's there are tons of other well-being sort of frameworks out there and lots of people that have, you know, little... Um, little snippets and, you know, you've got growth mindset and Carol Dweck, you have the research around grit with Angela Duckworth, you've got Lee Waters has incredible curriculum um, around a lot of stuff to do with parents. So there's tons of amazing, amazing things out there that you can find. Our school has really really found value in, in this framework. And we're very interested in seeing this develop, develop within our school and where it can take our kids. Yeah. And, and I think that's so amazing, just the whole concept of it. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about it um, before we wrap up. So what I was thinking is obviously I have a ton of um, research to do on it. And as you said, how to um, implement it to your community and, teach your teachers about it, but um, being as I feel we're in the age of innovation when it comes to educators, um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about, um, so I teach PE and health, and um, I, I tried to, obviously in health, you want to, you're still going to cover the generic, I, I don't want to call it generics, but what has been going on for a long time, the sex ed, the drugs and alcohol, uh, social and emotional, um, but I think there needs to be more of a focus on how to build your positive self and how to build not only relationships with other people, but also with yourself, because that's so important, especially when you're getting health at the eighth grade level and the 10th grade level. Some schools do the sixth grade level. So what I, I'm trying to think of is, could I add a unit based on positive education. So I'm really happy that we got to talk about it and you were able to educate me on the premise of it. So I'd really like to look into that and see if I could implement it that way too. I think at the kind of the foundational things of it is if you are able to teach kids about empathy, self-compassion, kindness, and gratitude, those are really like the best the best areas to kind of focus in on. So if you're not looking at doing a huge, large-scale curriculum, but you really want your kids to learn some, you know, really positive, impactful lessons around specific areas, that would be where I would start. And Brene Brown has great stuff on right. empathy. Uh, incredible, really. And she's actually developed a, uh, a curriculum as well that can be implemented into schools around leadership. And you have... You know, growing with gratitude is a great resource for gratitude. I mean, kindness, random acts of kindness. We did the kindness rocks uh, activity here at the school, which was, you know, really meaningful. We've done kindness trees just with our faculty mm -hmm. where we have, you know, trees and teachers at any time can write a little note or a card and, and tie it. Um, and there's just, it's amazing how many ideas and how much stuff is actually out there. If you, you know, go on to good old Google and you do just a quick search on kindness activities, the amount of stuff that you can find from K through 12. Uh, there is so much. And, and the resources that I've shared that will be in the link it is really just that. I've, I've put in a ton of websites. You know, why is it important? Looking at the research around positive psychology to understand that more than looking at positive education resources, uh, different types of 
of stuff that's out there. If you really are interested in what are your own character strengths, using the VIA character strengths uh, site to, to learn more about your own uh, strengths and how you can use them. And, and mindfulness is, is another one that's, it's kind of a buzzword. People would think it's a buzzword, but there really is a lot of meaning. And I right. know that here at our school, we've incorporated mindful Mondays that we do within our high school. And, and there are students that are telling us how beneficial it has been for them. And with a lot of this stuff, you might not reach every kid, but if you get a handful of kids that this is very impactful for, then it's completely worth it to try and kind of change your programs. Uh, there's also a bunch of resources around gratitude. We've also added here at our school, we have Thankful Thursday. The students all have their own gratitude journal and they write within that journal. And there's lots of resiliency resources on here, growth mindset resources, kindness stuff, just just lots of different information. So if you are really interested around well-being and you, you see the need for it, if you're an educator, really if you're anyone, even for yourself personally, there, there's definitely something within there for you that could speak to you. Uh, that you would be able to use. Thank you so much, Allison, for just educating us on all of this and sharing those resources. And um, this this podcast episode, man, the, there's so much positive energy coming from all this talk that I don't think there's someone at home listening to this podcast that's not just glowing with positivity. So uh, thank you so <laughs> much for all of this. This has been really fun. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And maybe in the future, we can uh, talk about some other topics. Absolutely. No, I really appreciate it as well. And if anyone needs more information or wants to reach out to me, you can re reach me on Twitter at, at PELeafwood. And I'm happy to answer more questions or to talk more about it. I love talking about this stuff. I could talk forever around well-being and how we can make kids ha be happier and also how we can make ourselves be happier. So right. thank and you again so much for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I'm, you know, really grateful to make connections with educators who are like-minded and who are wanting to push the envelope and who are willing to take the step to, to do podcasts like this and to put the information out there for people to be thinking about. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. And also just to follow up on what you just said, I, I will be linking um, Allison's Twitter in the description. So I'll hyperlink it so you can just click it and it'll take her, you right to her page. You need to follow her. She's very helpful. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. All right, Allison, thanks for stopping by. Thank you.